studio this morning. We have Monmouth Fire Chief Casey Rexroe. Good morning, Chief. Good morning. Also with us, Captain Craig Kozak. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, sir? Great. How are you? I'm fantastic. How about you, Chief? Doing good. Well, good, guys. Let's talk about uh, yesterday was a unique uh, hazardous weather outlook for us. It had to do with outdoor burning. Yeah, that happens, uh, you know, several times during the spring. We'll get those perfect days where there's low humidity, high wind, and things like that. And uh, um, what makes it very dangerous to burn. I know there were several grass fires uh, across the state that uh, got a little out of control and things like that. So uh, we just make sure people are being careful uh, when they're outdoor, you know. It doesn't happen that often in, in the city with like the grass fires and things like that, um, but more so in the county when the, you get something that, you know, a ditch catches on fire and then, you know, it don't travel for a really long time and uh, takes quite a bit of effort to get it put out. So, um, but I know that uh, Craig yesterday had a, a small fire that they responded to that got a little out of control. Yeah, we had a, uh, a poor woman, I'll call her. <laughs> It was the classic uh, just burning yard waste in a little burn pit, um, but the wind was pretty strong out of the south, and they had an alley behind the house and uh, a lot of shrubbery and things like that that had a lot of leaves collected from last fall in it. So embers blew out of the fire pit and then caught those leaves on fire, and then, of course, that just tracked down. And, you know, luckily she was there. She attempted to put it out, and we, we went ahead and put it out, which wasn't a big deal for us, but it did get really close to the garage and just a few more minutes of being unattended if, if she did, was unaware or you know, wasn't able to get it slowed down uh, the garage probably would have burned down so a lot of times you don't think about those things in town but it is if it is dry out I mean the grass is dry and it can spread across and of course there's all those dry leaves that haven't been cleaned up for the spring yet and then it spreads to structures and that's that's where you get a lot of fires is unattended burning so it's just one of those things to be really aware of okay you also have weather spotter training tonight as well yeah, we have a weather spotter training with the National Weather Service um, that's going to happen at the Roseville Fire Station uh, this evening at uh, 6.30. It is free and open to the public. No registration or anything is needed. You just show up and uh, and get to learn about weather spotting. And, you know, we do this in our tr- in our county. We try to do it once every two years. Um, you know, we alternate uh, between counties. So the next year, I think Henderson will have it in their county. And so then we'll kind of flip-flop back and forth. And so... Um, just like to give everybody that opportunity if they enjoy weather spotting, learning about the weather and things like that. It's actually a pretty interesting uh, training to take, even if you're not that into weather and things stuff. So it's um, uh, a good course, and they do a good job of presenting it and uh, giving you the information. And like I said, you learn a lot, a lot about how thunderstorms are formed and a lot about tornadoes and things like that and what to look for. And so it's a good class. Yeah, we had a terrible tragedy in Oklahoma with that. Uh, tornado yesterday and severe weather expected through uh, this evening into the southeast uh, and southern parts of our our nation. There's so much ex- uh, examples of the bullseye or, or the Torcon today that they've they've closed schools uh, in Mississippi uh, today. I don't know about anywhere else. It's where my brother's kids are at, and, and they don't have school due to the fact that they're expecting uh, large percentages of severe weather. <laughs> I guess that's their equivalent of a, of a snow day. Yeah, down there. yeah for sure, yeah. <laughs> Tornado uh, day or severe weather day. A little day. worse, I'm yeah. guessing. <laughs> no, I've, I've heard that they were uh, having some bad tornadoes down in Texas yesterday and things like that, and they're going to move over to, uh, like you're saying, Mississippi, Georgia, and things like mm-hmm. that today. So I uh, hope everybody down there stays safe. But um, uh, I just kind of want to remind everybody, too, about the uh, reasons we do set off uh, the storm sirens in, uh, in our area. Um, you know, we uh, we – you know, usually we have we leave it up to the law enforcement fire and uh, things like that to actually 
initiate the process to set off storm sirens. Although we really appreciate people spotting out in the county and stuff like that and calling in the reports and getting them to dispatch or to the National Weather Service and things like that. Kind of helps have a little bit uh, more eyes on it. But um, when we do set off the storm sirens in the town, um, one of the things that people don't realize is that one of the things we set it off for is hail. And that, you know, if we have hail that's um, golf ball size or larger, we consider that to be a, a pretty serious, um, a dangerous event. And so we set off those storm sirens to make sure that everybody's outside moves to the inside. And, you know, we've had some people mention before, well, I can't hear the sirens inside my house. But, um, you know, that's not the reason for having the sirens. The sirens are to alert you and to move you inside. They are not necessarily to for, to wake you up at night <laughs> or, or, you know, or alert you in the middle of the afternoon if you're inside your home. And so uh, we just don't think that's possible. If you um, want to keep an eye on things, they have weather radios, that they have their own alert tones, and then, you know, they have the apps and things on TV and things like that. So, um, you know, keep it, keep an eye on things with the with the sirens that way but uh you know a couple other reasons we would set off the storm sirens are um wind it is uh 70 miles per hour or more uh we consider that to be you know like the hail not necessarily a tornado but it is a dangerous event to have sure. the wind that strong um and then obviously a tornado warning in anywhere in the county and so um the thing with tornado warnings is um a lot of people ask when we have a tornado warning, say, in Warren County, why we're not setting off sirens for the entire county. Um, a lot of that's because um, the tornado warning, they've become a lot more uh, accurate with where the, they believe the path of these tornadoes are going. And so we usually set off the sirens in that path, and we will leave out, um, you know, if, if there are municipalities that are not anywhere near that damage path, we will... Um, or in the path of the storm, we will just leave them out completely so we're not too alerting them for no reason and then have them call dispatch saying what's going on and, and things like that. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, those are the reasons we would set off the uh, storm sirens in, in town anyway. And uh, um, so far it's working, but uh, we do get some questions here and there about, about the, sure. like I said, the hail and the wind and stuff. Why are you setting them off? There's no tornado. Like, it is a dangerous situation. So. Absolutely. And uh, Captain Kozad from somebody, uh, me personally, I've lost a home in the 70s i don't remember it i was very 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 little uh and then lost wait, a, wait let me do the math here <laughs> <laughs> but we lost our home in the 70s super outbreak and then lost our huge uh, uh building the equivalent of what people here would 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 have as a where they house their four-wheeler snowmobile or right. that type of thing what's you need you need to have a plan oh for um, sure f- uh, for sure so what's what's the plan how do we game plan about this well i mean obviously and one thing advantage we have now is uh you know, social media and your cell phones because, you know, they send out alerts on those, you know, a, a lot more readily than you would have had back in the day where you had to be watching TV or radio and, thing, and things that may be similar to that. Um, but the big thing is, is, you know, I guess if I look at what my dad did, he stood on the front porch, so I'm not going to advocate <laughs> that, but we live in the country and he wanted to see it coming because that's just what we do. But, but uh, yeah, you know, I, the I basement, <laughs> south, you know, southeast corner, you know, southwest corner, that those kind of things, uh, you know, and prepare yourself to have, you know, alternate lighting sources, things, things that you might think of like you need and kind of the same thing with the snow only picture it being like in your basement. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't guess that you would be 
in there a long amount of time, but if your house collapses on you, you know, you could be safe in the basement with a collapse, but it still may be a while before people can get to you. So, right. uh, rescuers. So you need, you know, water source and, and, all, and keep in mind that you'll lose all that one because we'll lose the power grid and we'll lose all those things that power things that you would have. Um, so, and of course, you know, any refrigeration would, would go out as well. So you need to have, you know, non-perishable food items, water, um, pretty simple stuff really. And then, you know, flashlights are, you know, not candles so much and stuff like that so i remember in the 90s um living here um we had power out for like three to four days that was 96 the 96 yep, so july right 96 when I yeah. graduated then in, yeah. in may and decided to stay here and actually that um, might have been it was not july 98 yep oh 98 yep, yep. i know it, it i was i was still working here mm-hmm. um at the radio station so yeah that was it was brutal because it was hot yeah well the storm came through and then it was like perfectly summary you know afterwards so and it was a month we're out for yeah probably three or four days i remember a lot of trees down yeah Yeah, let's not not do that again (laughs) no it wasn't really that much fun no not at all (laughs) let's be safe um tell me what to do in a vehicle that's one of my biggest fears is when you drive a lot you uh you know i used to come from fulton county those are brutal those storms and there's (laughs) nowhere to go because it's two lane highway and not much of a ditch to to be able to get somewhere. What do you do when you're in severe weather when you're driving? I, now, I'm not going to claim to be an expert on driving when, it, when there's a tornado uh, behind you or something, but um, as far as I know, you need to move at right angle to get away from that tornado. If you if you know the, the general direction it's moving in, you know, if it's going uh, you know east, you maybe need to go north or south and don't keep heading east to try to speed up and beat the tornado, you know. Um, and so, you know, aside from that, um, I would drive into a low-lying area put your seatbelt on maybe under an overpass or something like that um to you know if you have no way to get away from it but um like i said if you start going to 90 degree angles to the tornado you should be able to get a safe distance away i know in 90 96 there was a tornado that went through raritan and uh my wife was actually in high school and that age and she actually had to ditch her car and she went into a farmhouse and beat on the door and they let her in and she went in the basement but destroyed her car so i mean i mean those are the kind of things that people do in those situations but low-lying areas about as good as you can do you know culverts things like that where you can get away from it and try to lower your profile basically that one was so scary yeah that one and, and the camera. It's been a while until the camera in twenty nine. Right, right. But that Raritan one that wiped out a yeah, lot. Yeah, that was a that was pretty serious. Was that that was an F four, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, I think so. Oh, that's. I'm so glad yeah, your pretty, wife made it to the farmhouse. Yeah, it was it was it was crazy, but yeah, she's terrified of storms now because of that. Oh, so. definitely. Of course, I'm the opposite, so I stand on the front porch and watch them. So. <laughs> just the way I was brought up, can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else about uh, the weather you want people to be aware of and safe? I think that I think we covered it all. Okay, yeah. uh, you know, and then coming up, you have training on forcible entry. Yeah, actually, we we had just done it. Um, so what that is is, you know, each month we do different training topics, and we have a forcible entry prop. So what the reason why we need to to be you know skilled at that is for multiple reasons, and we may use this on a medical call, we may use it at a fire, uh, just depends on the situation. But what it does is it teaches our guys how to gain access into a a building. Uh, through multiple kinds of different doorways and locks. Um, the and People may find this hard to believe, but actually we try to do the least amount of damage we can to a door um, when we go in. Because a lot of times we go on medical calls. Um, we had uh, this, a smoke scare the other night in an apartment, and we were able to get into it without hardly damaging the door at all. But there's ways that we know how to do it, uh, tools that we have, and the ways you're trained. Because, you know, obviously you can take a, a maul or a sledgehammer and just bust the door down. Uh, but if we have a fire, we don't want to do that because we want to control the airway so mm-hmm. we can shut the door 
door and keep it from getting oxygen to the fires. So that's one of the reasons we don't do it at a fire. But also we just try not to damage property. So we try to find the path of least resistance. And basically this training teaches how to use the tools to, you know, we basically escalate, you know, try before you pry. So we'll make sure the door's not locked. And then if it is locked, then how to circumvent that lock. And then, you know, the more seriously it gets locked, um, you know, so like if we can get through a door and there's just times where it may be more efficient to, to take a window out somewhere as opposed to the door itself. If, you know, like a store has a, a big glass door, they're very expensive. So there might be a different alternate route in there, or a different way to take the lock off the door. Um, so basically it's just a, a, a good solid day of, of working through this, these situations and just making sure everybody's proficient, their skills with getting in there. Oh, sure. Sure. Someone's having a, an emergency, but have their cell phone and that's, they may not be able to get to their door. And that's another thing. And I do want to tell people is like, um, you can set up, um, situations that will help us, you know, especially on medical calls, because they don't, a lot of times people don't think about the fact that they won't be able to unlock the door right? and they're in the house. And, and if they don't have something set in place because dispatch, they can let dispatch know, you know, where they have the key or what the code is to get into their garage or whatever. And then we can come in without damaging anything. But if that isn't set in place and then we, we will, may have to force the door. And then of course, you know, the medical call turns into, you know, replacing a door or door frame or whatever, you know, so, and we've had houses where we've had to breach three doors to get in because you go through the garage door and then an interior door sure. and another interior door because people you know, are ultra safe with locks and it just depends you know and if you have a deadbolt that's going to do more damage than just a regular and well you have my permission to damage my door if I'm calling <laughs> you for a medical call well, my dad always used to say all locks do is keep honest people honest which is true I mean in theory because we can get in the house in 30 seconds easily you know and but the the bottom line is is you know if if you're in that situation where you maybe it's a parent an elderly parent and you know there's a good chance that we you know if they have a medical alert there's a good chance we may be responding go ahead and try to set those parameters up to keep us from from having to destroy the property you know as because we do the best we can but sometimes we just you know if all the windows are locked we can't go through the windows or whatever we're going to have to do damage and uh, you know a lot of the businesses you'll see the boxes are outside the door it's called knox boxes and we have a key that unlocks those and that unlocks all the doors to the business so businesses have those in place to keep us from destroying their doors and so we can just go in and it has all the key master keys to the sure. to all the stuff so it's just we we have parameters set in place but there are a lot of times where you know we have i would say we've destroyed at least as many doors on medical calls as we have fires for sure so okay all right gentlemen thanks for all that you do Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll catch up again next month. Sounds great. All right. That is Captain Craig Kozad with us, Mammoth Fire Chief Casey Rexroad on 1330 WRAM and FM 94.1.